Good morning. How's everybody doing today? That's great to hear. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. Has anybody started detox yet? My wife was saying this morning she feels like she's in Thanksgiving hangover. And so I don't know about anybody else, but I told her, so I felt like I was there two days ago. I started detox and I'm a little bit ahead of her right now. And so uh, it kind of does that. I, I actually started my sugar binge about two days before Thanksgiving. And so uh, I got started a little early and started detoxing a little early. But I trust that everybody had a good Thanksgiving, enjoyed family. I know we uh, we had a very good one uh, ourselves. And uh, I'm also glad it's now over. And on to Christmas, right? Speaking of Christmas, beginning next week, we were going to begin a new sermon series. We're going to have a, uh, you might say, a special guest speaker. Did anybody hear about this? Tim is going to be back up here. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be speaking for a couple of weeks, and then uh, we're going to have on the 19th a uh, children's program uh, for Christmas. And then on the 26th, we have a special Christmas brunch planned where we're just going to get, get together, uh, enjoy each other as a family, have brunch together, and take communion together. And so that kind of is what the plan is for the month of December. Uh, one other thing I need to announce, and forgive me if it's already been announced, but I was asked to bring it up last week and I forgot if you can imagine such a thing happening. Uh, the campus has a retreat planned somewhere in the near future. Is that correct? Somebody knows about that? You do, Caden? Is that in December? January? Okay. And uh, normally they try to make the cost of this as minimal as possible. For the attendees, they normally have some campus students who, uh, visitors and such, who can't afford as much, and so they try to bring the cost down and to alleviate that cost or to bring the cost down, uh, they receive donations from some of us if you wish to sponsor someone's whole, uh, cost, you can do that, uh, or if you would wish to just donate a certain amount, you can do that as well. You can see Nicole Gill or Cassie Mitchell about that, or anybody in campus, I'm sure, would be happy to take your money and uh, help with that. With that being said, today we are finishing up the series that we've been talking about from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, otherwise known as the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been talking about, you want me to do what? Otherwise known as, you want me to do what? Uh, and talk about, guys, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a different approach to the Sermon on the Mount. Alan has kind of made it one of his personal little study areas. Uh, one of the things that he has talked about over the years and, and dug into. And it's been a fantastic series. Uh, I highly recommend, if you've missed any of them, uh, to go back and listen to them. Or if you wonder what they are, they're all on our website, greateraltonchurch.org. Um, and uh, listen to them. That if you want to look at the Sermon on the Mount a different way, as opposed to just dissecting it from a from a from a rules based approach of the do's and the don'ts, and and dissecting it from a legalistic standpoint, I, I highly encourage you. We looked at several different angles on this. We talked about motive. Uh, Alan talked about uh, softening my heart when he talked about lust and what Jesus had to say about that. He talked about investing in our future. When Jesus talked about not storing up for ourselves treasures here on earth. Uh, we talked, uh, last week I talked about capturing where I'm at my thoughts. Okay? Uh, we talked about how to pray. And when we also talked about valuing others. 
And so guys, I really, I really encourage you to go back and to look at this. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount has been referred to a lot of times as, or in some times as Christianity 101. And last week I referred to it as, uh, from the words of Jesus in, in Luke 16, I referred to it as little things. Alright, in Luke, in Luke 16, Jesus referring to how we manage our money. He says if we are responsible with little things, we'll be entrusted with larger things. And then he went on to say true riches, things of heaven. And guys, I believe everything within the Sermon on the Mount can be defined as a little thing. And another way to put this, as I was thinking about it this week, is is more of a basic. The basic teachings of Jesus or the fundamentals. And if you want to think about it in terms of like basketball, because I believe we all understand basketball, and this is the sport that I hear it the most about, when you talk about it, a coach will talk about we need to go back and, and relearn the fundamentals or we need to focus on the fundamentals. You see, guys, when I, if you've ever been around children that are learning basketball, it's very frustrating to watch a game because they typically when you're looking watching 8, 9, and 10-year-olds in a recreational league, they don't do the fundamentals very well. You know what I'm saying? They dribble the ball up here. Okay? And they, and they, oh, they dribble with both hands. And they, they don't shoot very well. And they don't pass very well. And there's always one kid out there that knows how to do everything very well. And they just eat the other kids alive. You know? And the, the coach is trying to hold them back. It's, it's, it's fascinating to watch. But it's also very frustrating as a parent. Why can't, why? I mean, if I was a coach, that would be all I would have them do. It's like in Hoosiers. You dribble the ball. You pass the ball. You shoot the ball. You do the basics. If you don't know how to do those things, you can't play the game. And good teams do the fundamentals very well, but there's times where they need to go back and get the fundamentals back on. They have to work on the fundamentals. And there's some situations where there are great players who there's one fundamental they don't ever get down very well. You know, you all heard of Wilt Chamberlain? You know him. You also heard of Shaquille O'Neal, right? Don't bet money on him making a free free throw. He never got that fundamental down. And guys, sometimes in our Christian walk, we're we're kind of like what uh, they call in in twelve step programs. What they have is what they call the two the 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 two step delusion. And the two step delusion, they say the first step is I have a problem. The twelfth step is I'm going to help other people, and they don't want to work the other ten steps. And sometimes that's the way we are with Jesus. We go, Jesus saved me. Now I'm going to go tell other people about Jesus and save them. And we don't ever understand the fundamentals, fundamentals about what it means to follow Jesus. Or we, or we don't understand that we need to keep focusing on the fundamentals. Or the fundamentals are at play every day of my life as I continue to follow Jesus. And, and I, guys, I just got to be honest with you. For most of my Christian life, for, my, for a lot of my adult Christian life, I didn't get this. And so, guys, I'm, I've, I've been excited about this series. I'm excited about concluding it today. And uh, today we're going to be talking about judging in Matthew chapter 7. Let's go ahead and read that because, once again, I forgot to do it the way Alan's been doing it and have somebody read it firsthand. And so let's go ahead and read this in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, these first six verses, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. 
For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now I said we're going to be talking about judging, and that's not actually true. And this passage does talk about judging. But we're going to be taking a little bit more if you've already looked ahead or or I guess looked behind to see the, the, the title of the lesson. It says, I want you to live with a purpose. And you may even be wondering, oh, how does he get there from that? Stay with me. Stay with me. We'll get there. But guys, this, this passage in Matthew chapter 7, I actually spoke on this last April uh, when I did speak about judging. And I referred to it as the most abused and neglected passage or teaching of Jesus. Because I believe that that's what it is. He starts out and he says, do not judge. And people grab a hold of that and says, oh, don't judge me. You have no right to tell me what I'm doing is wrong. Have you ever heard that? You ever used that one? No answers. The other side of that is to say, oh, no, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying you got to be careful. And he's, this is what he's, he's not saying. Do not judge entirely. And so then they take it the other way and say we are supposed to be involved in each other's lives and we are supposed to be involved in each other's business and therefore I have a license to judge. Not only do I have a license to judge, I'm going to judge every minute detail of your life. And see, it's either abused or neglected. We either don't judge, and maybe we don't judge because uh, I don't want nobody else judging me. Okay? There's some of that going on too. Or we abuse it and we judge everybody. Or we judge and we just keep it to ourselves. And we don't understand what Jesus is saying here. And so we're not gonna, we're not gonna drill down on the, on the judging part so much today and, and dig into that. I, I really encourage you, um, my notes as well as the recording of that are on our website. It was back in April. I don't have the exact, exact date on that, but I encourage you to get back on that. Are to look back on that, uh, but you'll find if you if you go back to that number one that Jesus we, in this passage you find that Jesus does expect us to judge. You know he starts out saying he's he's exaggerating to make a point when he says do not judge because he goes on to tell us how to judge. He's he's telling us to be careful the standard we use when we judge. He's telling us to be careful to judge ourselves first, and that we use a standard on ourselves. That we're, or don't use a standard on ourselves that we're, or on, on other people that we're unwilling to use on ourselves. He's not telling us not to ever judge anybody else. He's not doing this. However, he is telling us to be careful how we judge. He's telling us there's danger involved in judging and how we judge. And he's telling us that we need to judge correctly. Okay? 
And it, there's dangers involved in that. We, we talk about this, you know, uh, again, I refer you back to my lesson from April. You know, we're, Romans 14 tells us we're not supposed to, there's, there's some things that are considered disputable matters where a person can believe things either way. And we're not supposed to judge each other about them. And it even says in that passage in Romans 14, one person's right. And he ain't supposed to judge the other person because it's a disputable matter. And so guys, I, I encourage you to go back and look at that. But what we want to talk about today, so let's dig into this. Okay, how do I live with a purpose? And how is this passage talking about that? Well, let's dig in. First of all, if I'm going to live with a purpose, first of all, I have to accept my purpose. Okay, does anybody have, have a written mission statement for themselves personally? Anybody? Caden, you do? Wow, I wouldn't expect any young person to have one. You wrote it for him, you said, Sarah? You raised him right. Oh, do you have one? Oh, she does too. Okay, okay. I wrote him for you. I accept my purpose. Guys, that's, it's something that was very big, uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, writing a personal mission statement, a personal vision statement. Uh, I actually wrote one way back in the day. Uh, it's okay to do that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, very few people do it. It takes a lot, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of thought to do it. Um, the child, very few people do it though. But I think you need to understand something. Jesus expects us to have a mission and a purpose. Except it's the mission and purpose that He gives us. You see, the challenge that I believe we have with, with, with those mission statements, it's a mission statement typically that we choose. Is that not right? I've, I dealt with this personally when it's like, man, I, I, everybody, in my opinion, wants to have a purpose in this world. Everybody wants to believe they're doing something for a reason. Not just going through life. And the minute you find purpose, woo, life takes off. And it's fun and it's exciting. And it's purposeful. But we don't want just any purpose. And we've got to understand something here. When we look at this, Jesus gives us a purpose. Look at this passage here in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, guys, Jesus is telling us here, He's giving us our purpose. He's giving us. He's telling us what it is. He is referred to as being salt and being light in the world. And I don't know how many of you caught it, but He's actually restating the original purpose that God designed man for back in Genesis. Did you catch that? You see, he worded it differently. Back in the beginning, it says God was made in the image of man. Man was made in the image of God. Or made to image God. 
And it's a topic we've been talking about a lot lately. We've been made to image God, which means we are here to represent God. And when you are representing God in this world, you stand out like a bright light. You are the salt of the earth. You are so much different than the world around you. You're supposed to stand out at school, on the job, in your neighborhood. You are to be different. And that is the purpose. You see, the challenge that most of us have when it comes to choosing our purpose is it's just that. We want to choose our purpose. You get what I'm saying? We want to choose something. And normally, you know, it may be someone, some, they, they want to choose something that we're in the limelight. You know what a lot of young men in church, what they want to do? They want to be up here. And that's very popular. You know what a lot of other young people that don't want to be, I'm preaching is what I'm talking about. It ain't all that. Let me just warn you guys, okay? It ain't all that. I didn't choose this. A lot of other young people, they want to be up here doing the singing. Okay? A lot of, the, or a lot of other people, they want, they want something else. It's, some other people don't want anything to do with the limelight. They want to totally do something behind the scenes. They don't want to be recognized in any way, shape, or form. They want to feel like, hey, I am doing something for, for the Lord, but I don't want anybody to acknowledge me. I don't want anybody. They're just uncomfortable with that. And you see, guys, ultimately, that's what it, we tend to lean towards is we want to choose a purpose that ultimately we, that fits our, our comforts. Our talents, our desires, and may or may not include what God wants. And see guys, that's why I start with this is because we need to accept God's purpose. You see, because here's the truth of the matter. We were made to image God and it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if anybody ever ever sees you. And what I mean by that is you get recognition from other people who are also representing Jesus. There are no restrictions on you doing that. There is nothing holding you back. You can do that in any set of circumstances. You don't have to have a proper education. You can do it. Too many times, guys, we want to, we have this idea in our head and we want to, it's got to be a certain way, a certain thing. And I think, guys, that gets it in the way of us just accepting, I'm just here to represent Jesus. I'm here to be salt and light. Guys, it is the most incredible thing when we just accept that, what happens after that. And guys, I bring that up. Because I believe this is why in this passage, why Jesus is talking about this. Is there anybody in this room who is perfect, who represents Jesus perfectly? No, there's not. 
Can you look around? Don't do it. Don't do it. And find somebody who is misrepresenting Jesus. Yeah, you can very easily. You don't even have to look. You can think about them right now, can't you? You can probably think about somebody in this room. You know why that's so easy to do? Because we are all misrepresenting Jesus somehow, some way. I mean, we were, God made us to represent Him, and when Adam and Eve said no to that, every human being after that, except for Jesus, has misrepresented God. And we can all look at each other and go, yeah, you screwed up here, you screwed up there. It is so easy to throw the flags on somebody else. It is so easy to do that. And I believe this is why Jesus is saying, and I believe, guys, I believe we just have to say, listen, we have to realize this is my purpose and this is your purpose. And if we all accept that purpose, guys, we'll get there. Second thing is I allow myself to be judged. If I'm going to fulfill my purpose, if I'm going to live with a purpose, I allow myself to be judged. Verse 3 in Matthew 7 that we just read says, Why do you look at the sawdust, the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You see, guys, if I'm trying to represent Jesus, I need to pay attention to where I am misrepresenting Jesus. And I need to be willing to do that. Last week I told the story about when the voicemail I got from the young lady who was uh, trying to sell sex, trying to sell her, prostitute herself for money, and told me all the things she would do. And it was a voicemail, uh, and I did not call her back. And I, 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 you know, first I just took the voicemail and I had fun with it. I gave it to people and said, listen to this. And you know, they're, I told you all about it, and then I got convicted about doing that. And then I was sharing it with my small group, and my small group ended up saying, saying, okay, let's, we reached out to the woman is what we did. We found out what her needs were, physical, not physical, material needs were, because we could hear children in the background, and we, we supplied some of those material needs without telling her about the phone call. We didn't embarrass her in any, any kind of way like that. But guys, the truth of the matter was, I had to allow myself to be judged for that to happen. Me taking that voicemail and sticking it in some of you all's ears, quite honestly, and, 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 and just so I could enjoy you hearing the laughter was a misrepresentation of our Lord. And I needed to be judged. And I was fortunate enough that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to that. And He showed me what a correct representation in that situation was to look like. You see, guys, that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, your purpose is to represent me. You're going to screw up. The guy beside you is going to screw up. Your first plan of attack in representing me is to judge yourself. Or is to allow yourself to be judged. Now we're going to get to why that in a minute. But guys, the question is, the challenge is choosing to look at where I'm falling short 
first. Instead of looking at where you're falling short first. That's the challenge. Jesus is telling me plainly that my focus should be on me first and on my sin first. And the question may ask, how are we judged? Guys, sometimes He's going to use other people in your, in your life. And sometimes He's going to use somebody else in your life who is not looking at the log in their own eye. That's not the question. The question is, are you willing to be judged? That's the question. If you're going to live with a purpose, if you're going to fulfill the purpose that Jesus wants you to have, you have to be willing to do that. And He's going to use His Holy Spirit. He's going to use His Word. And He's going to use other people to do that. Third thing, if I'm going to live, as a, live with a purpose, is I live as new creation. Now, I chose that term very specifically because it is the term that is used in the New Testament. And it just means that we live so differently. There's one, there, there's, there's one train of thought on this that it means we are to live... A, it's a new way of being a human. That we are to be so different that we do things so differently that it's like we're a different type of a human being. But the bottom line is we are to be different. I mean, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to understand this term new creation means different. My question to you right now, are you a different person today than you were a year ago? No, I'm not asking you to look at your New Year's resolutions and ask if you lost weight. I know the answer to that. My question is, what type of a person are you today? Do you represent Jesus better today than you did a year ago? If so, how and why? How'd that happen? If not, why not? You see, guys, change should be a normal part of the Christian's life. You should literally be able to walk up to somebody and them look at you and go, what is different about you? Or to have, you want the ultimate compliment as a follower of Jesus. You need to hear people talking about you going, he's different. She's not like she used to be. And you don't even hear any specifics. It's just like, they're not the same. And when you hear that, you just, just go, yes. That's the way Jesus wants you to be. Hopefully in a good way anyway. Look at these two passages here. First one's in Romans chapter two, 12 and verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, guys, we are to be transformed to be completely different than what's in the world. This is God's desire and purpose for your life. Next one's in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15. I love this passage. They were having a debate in the town of Galatia about whether a follower of Jesus needed to be circumcised or not. A male follower of Jesus needed to be circumcised or not. The way the uh, the Jewish nation uh, 
Whereas, and it says it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. You see, guys, that's what Jesus is talking about when He is saying, examine yourself and get the log out of your eye first. He's talking about you becoming a new creation. You examining your life, you judging what's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your attitudes. And you change. You become somebody different. You stop thinking about the things you think about. You stop talking about the things you want to talk about. You stop judging the things you're judging now. And you become somebody different. You go from being a pessimistic, negative person to being a positive, joy-filled person. If you're going to live with a purpose, those things are going to happen. Fourth thing, if I'm going to live with a purpose, is I humbly help others. I humbly help others. Guys, we've already talked about it. it takes If you are going to allow yourself to be judged, it requires humility. It requires humility. For you to accept judgment and to think and to live noticeably different. First, I think I've told you this many times before. We've talked about it here at Greater Alton where several years ago we were reading, we had a video series uh, by a guy that wrote a Christian book on marriage counseling and, and trying to help marriages. And he had a thing called the crazy cycle, right? You remember this? And basically it says, you know, the 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 husband treats the wife without love and the wife treats the husband without respect. And one of them starts the cycle. And so the husband treats the wife without love. And in return, the wife treats the husband without respect. And then the husband decides he's not getting respect, so he continues to withhold love. And it's the crazy cycle. And he says to end the crazy cycle, somebody has to stop it. Somebody has to quit responding to the lack of love or respect, depending on which one they are, male or female. And they have to start giving what, regardless of what they're getting. And he makes a statement. He says, who has to start that? Is it the man or the woman that has to start that? I love his answer. He says, the mature one should start that. Which one do you want to be? You want to be the mature one? Because it takes, it takes humility to say, listen, I'm going to start giving what I think you don't deserve. It takes humility to say, I'm going to be judged and see myself as being judged and see myself as being wrong and be willing to change so that I can help you. That's humility. That's humility. And guys, that's what people need to be helped. They don't just need to be told they're wrong. And you see, guys, that's one of the things about this. I, I believe, I believe we're pretty good at finding out what's wrong with each other, aren't we? 
Anybody in this room wants to come up to me and tell me what somebody else in this room is doing wrong, I'm probably going to have to believe you. Or at least believe there's a good chance you're right. That's not the challenge. The challenge is, are you going to be the type of person that can help that person overcome that? Because that's what Jesus says here. He says, first examine yourself. First get the plank out of your own eye. Then what? Look at it here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You see, if I accept my purpose for representing God, and you've accepted your purpose for representing God, it means we're in this together. And later on in the Bible, and specifically in the book of 1 Corinthians, it says we need each other. It says the same thing in Ephesians chapter 4. We need each other. And we need each other in each other's lives to help us get the specks out. See, guys, it's okay to see what's wrong in each other's lives. But are you willing to step up and help? That's the challenge. That's the purpose that Jesus wants you to live for. Not just notice. Not just throw the flag and condemn. That's living with a purpose. Look at these passages, guys. I referred to this earlier about Romans 14. Romans 14 and 15 is really the commentary, in my opinion, on this passage in Romans 7 on judging. And here's a few select verses uh, from Romans 14. It says, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? You know, disdain, look down upon, disgust. For we all stand before God's judgment seat. Let me, let me put, when he says contempt, why do you treat their sin as worse than your sin? Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your, of a brother or sister. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Guys, it's God's desire that we work together on representing Him. And we do need to be involved in each other's lives. The challenge is, are we willing to work on ourselves first so that we can help our brother or sister? That's living our life with a purpose. The last thing, guys, here, and I just, I just threw this in here only, only because it's in the passage and Jesus said it. And it says, I recognize who not to help. This is what he says. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Sorry, I don't have a, a three-step quiz on how to recognize this. I, I think this is a matter of, of understanding and, and, and looking at the Holy, the Holy Spirit show you when somebody is not interested in being helped. 
when somebody is looking, when they really do not accept their purpose of representing God. When they are really after only achieving the life that they want. When they really are only chasing their dreams. When they are really only wanting people to change for them. You'd recognize. So Jesus says, they're going to tear you to pieces when you try to help them. And we need to be able to recognize them. Guys, as we close out today and as we close out this series, guys, it is my desire, it is our desire that we truly look hard at the words of Jesus. And guys, even, even deeper than that, guys, that we look beyond it. We've said it for years. Old preacher said that when you look at, you're reading something familiar in the Bible, you better stop and read it slowly. You better stop and go back and read it again because we tend to read through what we, what we think we already know. And we miss things. And we, we, the other thing guys is to really look at it in light of the entire story of the Bible. I'm amazed guys at how many things I'm looking at in, in, in the words of Jesus and I'm connecting them with, the, with, with the words in Genesis, the story in Genesis. I was listening to one of one of the preachers that I listen to, or teachers, uh, on YouTube and on podcasts. Uh, I even forget which one, but he he says, "Isn't it amazing how many times Jesus goes back to the words in the first three pages of the Bible?" He says, "It's not so in the beginning. Have you not heard?" You see, guys, the Bible is one unified story. And these words of Jesus are a part of that story. And God wants us to understand it because we're part of that also. And so guys, I encourage you as the holiday season approaches, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of these. I call it basic Christianity, fundamentals, little things. I encourage you to grab a hold of one of them. And to say, okay, Father, open my eyes to see how I need to do better at this. Let's pray. And they'll come sing. Father, thank you for today, God, and just the chance to, uh, to, to dig into your word once again. Father, to look at another one of the fundamentals. Father, the basics that I believe you truly want us to have down. Father, I, I am, have never been more convinced that you want us to live with a purpose. And Father, that your purpose is so plain. Father, it is simple. It does not require days and weeks and months and years of fasting. Father, it does take an understanding of what you want and a humble acceptance to want to fulfill the purpose of what you've created us for and called us to. Father, I pray you open our eyes where each of us need to work individually so that we can represent you by living with a purpose. It's in the King's name we ask this. Amen.